Thank you for tuning in to Carbondale Historical Society's podcast. This episode is part of our This I Remember audio archive. This archive are interviews conducted in the 1980s and 90s by Mary Ferguson, a longtime resident of Carbondale, born in Spring Gulch. These interviews aired on Katie and Kay and were recently donated to the Historical Society by Mary's descendants. The Historical Society wants to thank Katie and Kay, Seven Stars Rebecca Lodge Number 91, Alpine Bank and Meredith and Dan Bullock Ferguson's family, as well as the many other donors and volunteers who came together to save these tapes and make them forever available to our Carbondale community. Enjoy. I remember Mary Ferguson. Tonight, my guest is Greg Johnson, sculptor from Redstone. He is going to tell us some of the events that are happening now, things that we remember from way back when, the marble quarry and the marble mill. Mr. Johnson, uh, you are acquainted with the people who now are going to open and operate the quarry? Yes, Greg Faith is the current president. and. Stacy Dunn, who was killed in a car accident about eight or nine months ago. Uh, that both was tragic. Friends. Yeah, very tragic and very disruptive for the operation. Especially the president and all, and when he was on his way to uh, talk about the operation. Well, yeah, and he, is an inc- he was an incredible man. He was able to make people understand where he was coming from, and they believed in him. Um, Greg has a great deal of financial background and expertise, but not quite as mellow, but still one heck of a guy. Well, evidently, he is one heck of a guy. Um, The uh, bridge, the new bridge is named in his memory, is it not? In Stacy Dunn's, yes, and they're supposed to be bringing a block of stone down and setting it up as a memorial piece, which will be the first block to come out. That's great. It's been a long time since any blocks of marble have come down that hill. You know, uh, this I remember. Years ago, the entire roadway from here to marble was covered with chunks of marble. And now you have to more or less hunt for pieces of marble along the old railroad track and the river. Well, when I first came here and I was a number of years ago, there were a lot of blocks of stone. Um, I'm not too sure what usage most of it was put to. It's hard to tell. Um, you could sculpt forever and not use what was there, but I have a feeling it was used for other purposes, too. Yes. Um, years ago, when the um, unknown soldiers blocked the tomb for the unknown soldier, came through Carbondale. We let out all the school kids, and we went out and stood by the railroad track while that block of marble went by. And I have seen the finished product, of course, now, and it's it's a wonderful thing. And I think, well, that's, that's from Carbondale. That's from marble right close to us. The Tomb of the Unknown Soldier is an incredible piece of work in the in the size, it was the largest block of marble ever quarried at that time. Uh, it was unfortunate that the mill and all the covers had gone either back to the old country or to Vermont or somewhere else, and the stone had to be trans- 
transfer to, to Vermont for Coven and then to Washington, D.C., to Arlington National Cemetery. Um, can't really understand why they want to haul something back east to Covert. Well, that's, it does seem logical, but nevertheless, I'm glad it happened instead of not happening. What are some of the other places where Marble Marble is today? For most of our people here to see, probably the Denver Post Office, the Denver Mint, the post office is a prime example of good use of this material, the transitions or cornices, um, just incredibly beautifully done. Uh, unfortunately, the federal government, like most corporations, has a bad habit of sandblasting the stone to clean it. This deteriorates the stone over a mm. long period of time. It opens up the stone for acid rains, and that, that's really tragic, but what, one, what can you expect from... Someone that doesn't know. Well, they know how to collect taxes. Well, that's the point. Anyway, uh, I remember seeing uh, two slabs of marble at the museum in Denver, and these two slabs were put together, and it looked like a page out of a medical book because it looked like the body of a giant man. Looked like the arteries and the liver and the heart and all that. Just Well, it looked like somebody had cut a giant in half and put the two slabs together. And uh, this I saw in Denver a long, long time ago. So uh, it's, um, it's amazing all of the uses that marble has been put to, even here in this small community of ours. The most marble nowadays is not cord. So, the phone is ringing. And, um, For, oh, the use that we would expect it to be building blocks, sculpture, things like that. And what we have is, is most of the marble that's being taken out of the ground is being used as calcium carbonate. Um, what you brush your teeth with in the morning, what you paint your house <laughs> with when you use white paint, and hundreds of other uses, and it has a very high commercial value. So it would be highly unlikely in the future if you will see blocks of good calcium carbonate like that being laid by the side of a road again. Uh, that was the, the age of plenty, and I don't think we're quite there anymore. Well, it's interesting. Uh, evidently, they're going to quarry the marble from the bottom up instead of the top down, as they used to years ago. I remember going up that terribly narrow little trail to the to the quarry a long time ago, and uh, the railroad or the track that brought the blocks down to marble and on then to wherever they were sent. Um, Evidently, that trail, that little narrow roadway, is going to be preserved. Part of it will be. The upper part, I understand they're going to take the road over the top and come out at the quarry mouth to load at that point, and that they would bring, be bringing the stone out of the bottom of the quarry rather than lifting it up in the quarry and then 
taking it over and setting it down, which is, a, that's an extremely expensive and somewhat wasteful process. And modern technology isn't really all that different from what they used back in the 20s and the 30s and the 40s. The only difference now is the diamond tools, the diamond chainsaw, where you can go in and set up a track and run the chainsaw and make your cuts. Where in the old days, most of these cuts were made by drilling, feather, and wedge. Yes. And that's a long, tedious process compared to this chainsaw process, which just moves. I don't know what the exact rate is, but probably at about a foot every half hour or more. That's, that's a pretty good rate of cut. Uh, one man in a quarry like that could probably look after a wire saw and a couple of chainsaws running. Um, so the fact that they're going to have that many people in the quarry at a time would indicate to me that they intend to be very high productivity Still. coming out of that. It's, um, it's amazing. Uh, years ago, when the marble mill burned, um, we saw the redness in the sky from Carbondale as we looked toward the mountain, and here it was that oh, huge red. It wasn't a flame because we couldn't see the flame, but we saw the redness of it when the mill was burning. Is there a possibility that, that will be rebuilt? I don't think at the present time the economics would indicate that a mill would be going up there. Yes. If it's going to be a mill, it'd be more apt to be in Rifle, Newcastle, somewhere like that where the weather is not quite so severe and they're closer to the interstate and the rail. Uh, the mill that burned, uh, there's always a lot of controversy about that. There was always a question of whether it was an active god or an active man. Well, that's, we'll never know. Well, we not marble. We really wasn't happy about we, being here, were they? That's, uh, the, um, Marble will be brought out on trucks. There'll be no railroad uh, put up there. As we, years ago, we used to have what we called the um, the Bull of the Woods or whatever, that train that used to go to Marble. And it was exciting to ride up there on that. So yeah, that was a little bit before my time, but it's always interesting to listen to Paul and Michelle talk about the train and, and riding it to Renwood to go shopping um, back home again. And it was an all-day expedition both ways. Oh, yes. Um, no, I think they'll probably bring it out by truck. There was some controversy about the amount of traffic. I don't really believe that there's going to be that many trucks for a good many years. And while the road is not quite as adequate as one would like. I don't see a, a pronounced danger if they live up to their agreement with the community that they would not travel during the school bus times or rush hour time. So it yeah. should work out all right. The, um, the train itself, as I remembered, I was in high school and I was working at the um, newspaper office 
and Mr. Pierce, who was the editor at that time, sent me to Marble to get uh, subscriptions to the paper, and he told me to tell the Marble people I was working my way through college. Well, it was the excitement of riding on the train and coming back on the train. I really forgot to get some subscriptions. <laughs> Uh, nevertheless, it was uh, an event, and years ago, the people in Marble would bring their cars out and park them here in Carbondale at different places because the roads were not kept open, and the snow would be up to your chin, and some of the Marble people did not come out from October till June. They'd have their cars here, and if they did come out on snowshoes or whatever way they could get out. Do you know Elmer Bear? He used to oh, yes, yes. carry the mail into Marble long years ago on snowshoes. Well, and it might have been an advantage not having to come out all winter. Well, that's, that could be. I think those people did not consider themselves snowbound. I think they, they had all their fun. They had dances and parties and, and all that, so it wasn't... Uh, wasn't really a hardship. Oh, that was back in the day and age when people knew how to entertain themselves. They didn't That's need instant food or instant entertainment or instant anything. They were used to working, and uh, if it required entertainment, there was always someone that could play a piano and someone else that could fiddle. play a fiddle. Yes. I can remember the e fiddlers years ago and uh, the fun that people had. Uh, they learn to amuse themselves. In this day and age, we are trying always to amuse somebody. In our schools, we're amusing our kids. And wherever we go, we try to amuse them rather than, uh, I guess I'm an old fogey school teacher talking. Because <laughs> uh, We're going to end up with emotional cripples, aren't we? Could be. But going back to marble, uh, do you see a growth in the population of Marble? I don't think it'll be that much in the beginning, and probably, and probably not for a number of years. Um, that operation isn't really going to employ that many people up there. What I do see will be that with work in Marble, that you will not have the transit population where people come and go. If there's a job and someone can work, they'll stay. And it, it'll probably make a much more stable and a much more livable community. How am I going to be healthy? Well, at one time, Marble was quite a town with it their was, church, their school, their stores. Oh, all kinds of churches and stores yes. and everything else. But I don't expect to see that. But what I, what I would hope for would be somewhat of a mellowing in the character of a town. Now you have people who live up there in order to get away from everything, more or less. And I don't know that that's healthy for them or healthy for society as a whole. Where if there's employment, people coming and going, uh, it'll probably be a big help to Marble, to the Valley, and to the state as a whole. Uh, this Marble is an absolutely in an incredible stone. This is the purest, the whitest, and the hardest of all the white marbles in the world. 99% uh, calcium carbonate. You take a piece of this marble, you put it by Carrera, 
the Carrera marble is gray. It's not pure white like this. So they have a heck of a product, and, and they should be able to get it off the ground. They're going to have to be very cautious, $5 million. Well, it sounds like a lot of money while we sit here and talk. Uh, you start putting the road in, you start buying equipment. Um, you're not going to have $5 million very long. No, it doesn't, it doesn't go as far as it used to be, used to go. It's, uh, in, to me, it's incredible. When we used to think of a $100, a $10 bill, a $100 bill, or a $1,000 bill, well, people don't even talk about that. They talk about millions, billions, trillions. And uh, to me, it's just, well, I'd like to have some of that money someday. <laughs> I could spend some of it. <laughs> well, maybe we lost our touch of reality when we got plastic money, eh? Yes, that's true. So, uh, what else can you tell us about the uh, well, marble in general? Uh, you have it is a city, right? Is it? Uh, um, incorporated. Town. Incorporated. Yeah, it's an incorporated town. They have their own town council. They have their mayor. Um, they always seem to be in somewhat of a state of flux, but uh, it manages to work out. I lived in Marble for two years before I moved to Redstone, and I really enjoyed it up there. It's just one of the most beautiful valleys in the it country. It is gorgeous. Um, the town itself, um, unfortunately, most of the older buildings were either fell down or tore down or, or got lost in the flood that went through the center of town at Carbonate Creek when it came up and exploded outward. Um, I remember when I went first went there, the bell tower was still standing. And was just a few years ago, the bottom level of the bell tower, which would be about a good 10 or 12 foot, had been buried under rock in that flood. The, it brought up the ground at Carbonate Creek that high. Um, that's an incredible force. Well, that was that was something when it moved houses and just simply washed away everything in its in its path. Well, old and John Gurdon you know, always credited to the beavers in their ponds. You think and, so? Well, that's what he claimed, and he never missed a year, and he probably still doesn't going up and. and breaking those beaver ponds open to reduce the amount of headwater above the town in case there is a flood again. So there might be an element of reality there. But well, that's interesting to note. Well, he's been there a long time. He's seen a lot of things happen. I guess yes. experience is worth something. Yes, he has. He's an old-timer there. He was an old-timer. But uh, I've, I've seen the, <coughs> the rocks and everything that were piled up, that were left what was at one time the town, the streets and the uh, walks. And here it is all just a, a gully wash. Well, you know, by the, by the mill site itself, along the edge of the crystal, there used to be an avalanche chute. And at one time, they claimed that an avalanche came down went up through the chute right over the top of the mill and landed in the uh, front yard of the houses on the, on the road going into marble. The men working in the mill didn't even know what had happened. And that avalanche chute is gone. 
um, just about all the marble that was laying around in that upper mill site um, was put through a rock crusher. Um, that's a shame because that's, that's a National Historic District now and there was so much more there. But I guess these things happen in what we call progress in this day and age. I don't know if I like progress. Progress, growth. Well, that's another word for greed, isn't it? It is. It yeah, is a word yeah. for greed. And we have become a greedy gimme nation. Well, hopefully. We'll outgrow it, I think. Yeah, if we return to some of the old-time materials, maybe we can return to some of the old-time values. That would be nice. So it's, uh, We hope so. You know, you can always hope. You can always... Everything's better tomorrow, maybe. Well, everything was sort of nice yesterday, but, you know, we're human. We look back, and that's okay. We don't remember any of the bad. We just remember the good. I was thinking about the town of Marble, the Marble itself, coming down out of there. They're going to take these blocks to Italy for processing, um, and then probably back into this country and to the West Coast, hopefully to an Oriental market. I would prefer to see the material milled and worked here in this country because when you export raw material, you're really exporting jobs. Yes, because it's on the other side where where the work's being done. Well, there's the workers, the laborers. Yeah, and I'm not too sure that despite the fact they were about to make out that they are the world's best, that they really are, the, the quality that comes out of there the marble tiles that you get out of it, out of Italy at this time are so thin that the people who are laying that tile have to be incredibly careful or it, or it will break. Um, if, we're, if they were making tile here, not having to transport it for such a long distance, hopefully they would increase the thickness so that it would stand up better. Uh, the floor tile could be made thicker so that they would actually be able to wear like they used to in the old days. I remember going into a bank in Rochester, New York, to have your marble on the floor. And the tiles were worn where the steps had gone through them for years and years. They actually came in and refinished the floor till it was flat. And they claimed they had another inch of stone to go, so they weren't too concerned about it. So uh, you don't see that nowadays. Uh, I've gone into the basement of the Gustarian house, and it is all walled with slabs of marble. And there's such a cool uh, feeling of peace and quiet in there. Although I hate to be in a basement or somewhere like that, it scares me to death. But uh, with the marble and all, there's, um, as I say, just a feeling of peace. Well, it's also, there's a the degree it holds heat, and yet it will resist getting warm. Um, it's always a pleasure to go to the capital in Denver. The Florida is of our marble from here, and it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, just always impressive. And that building is, has marble from all over the state, all over the world, but the Yule marble on the floor to me is probably the neatest thing there. The best there. Yeah. Well, uh, what is your job? I'm a sculptor. Yes. And basically, that's what I do. 
take a block of stone and look at it and see, see, see something in it. Well, something's going to happen if you keep working. Um, you stand there and look at it long enough, you're going to do something, you're going to procrastinate to bring it off. It's easier to do something. Well, uh, don't you have to have a tremendous amount of patience? No, I don't think so. You've got to have a tremendous amount of energy. I don't know about patience. It, it's pretty hard work and requires a great degree of physical activity and physical skill, but patience comes when you start polishing it, and I don't know if I really have that kind of patience. Well, I, uh, it seems to me that that requires not only ingenuity and thought and all that I always thought it required a lot of patience. So, I, uh... Well, thought. Most people are always curious about how long it takes to do something in marble. Um, that's a hard question to answer because I don't, I'm never too sure if they're asking me the amount of time of the physical work, the amount of time of, the, of that you spent looking at the stone, thinking about the project, some of these things that you, that I do, um, the design stage dates back years ago, you know, five, mm -hmm. ten, fifteen years in the past where you conceived the concept and just make a quick sketch in a notebook like a shopping list of Safeways that someday you can find the time and the material to do it. And that perhaps is patience or dedication, but most of what you do when you're sculpting or when you're working stone, it, it's not the fastest No, it isn't. Material, it's, it's, no. I could look at a piece of material, cloth, and I can tell whether that should be an apron or a dress or a nightgown or a pillowcase or whatever. But that doesn't take the patience and the time and the energy that sculpting does. Oh, I don't imagine it takes any, any different kind of expertise. Uh, I don't know that I can look at a piece of cloth and tell whether it's going to be an apron or a dress. Uh, I don't know what I'd do with a dress anyway. <laughs> well, I thank you for talking to us. Well, I thank You've you for having me here. To Eric Johnson from, Red, from Redstone and Marble. This I remember, Mary Ferguson. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another fantastic installment of This I Remember by Mary Ferguson. For the full archive of all of the episodes, please visit CarbondaleHistory.org. If you would like to be able to search through the entire transcription library of all of her episodes, please email info at carbondalehistory.org. Thanks so much. Stay tuned. Subscribe.